We're doing a little series just now called Faith Can, and we're looking at the various things that faith can do. Faith can move the mountains in your life. Faith can bring healing. Faith can do so many things. In fact, one of the things that we've actually looked at is the, is the fact that whenever Jesus is talking about a topic, he often brings it away from that topic and back to the subject of faith. He talks about how um, uh, he demonstrates through the cursing of the fig tree that Jerusalem is bearing no fruit, spiritual fruit, and it's going to be wiped out, um, which it, de- it does happen by the Romans. He, he, he prophetically shows um, through that situation that the fig tree of Israel is bearing no fruit and is going to wither and die. But when his disciples ask him about it, he brings it back to the subject of faith, personal faith. Yeah, if you had faith, you could do these things too, Jesus said. In fact, the mountains could move. When Jesus is talking about the importance of forgiveness and how we need to forgive people, and his disciples say, well, yeah, but you can't forgive the same person over and over, you know, uh, how can you do that? And Jesus brings it back to the importance of faith. When somebody brings their epileptic child to the disciples to be healed and they're unable to heal them and Jesus then comes and heals and the disciples begin to ask about deliverance ministry and and things like that, Jesus brings it back to the subject of faith. He keeps saying to people, listen, you're getting caught up in all the phenomena and all of the questions that you've got, but do you want to know what's really important? It is important to live a life of faith, of trust in God. Because that will, because we can't answer all the scenarios and situations that you're going to, what should I do in this situation? What should I do in that situation? Listen, in every situation have faith, for the power of faith can remove obstacles out of your life that you don't want to be there, can bring blessings into your life that you do want to be there, can deal with the distractions and the accusations and the opponents that might come into your life. Faith can do so many things. And one of the things that faith can do is faith can calm and still the storms that you will face in life. Faith can calm the storms of life. And I had very early on in my Christian life, I had a very, uh, an experience that really taught me this lesson. And here's what happened. I I had been a Christian for around six months. Um, I was about 18 years old. Now, before I became a Christian, um, I uh, was into other things, not Christianity, but other things. And one of the things that I was into was kind of like experimenting with very powerful mind-altering substances. And uh, one of the things that happened was one night, I, ha- I was taken to hospital, I had, a very, like, I, I had a very bad trip. I want you to imagine having a really bad nightmare, but being awake while it's happening and it lasts for 12 hours. It's not fun, you know? To make matters worse, I want you to imagine that the part of your brain that gives you a sense of time is not operating. 
So it doesn't matter whether it's 12, 12 hours or 12 million years. That's what it feels like. You have no sense of time. And so after that experience, I was left uh, struggling with a lot of anxiety, like for, a, for months, I mean like six months later. I remember one day sitting in a bus coming home from work and for no apparent reason suddenly having this panic attack and even though I was nowhere near my home, I had to get off the bus, jump off the bus and run. And I, I, kept, like, I ran and ran for blocks. I didn't know what I was running from. And um, until I was able to calm down again. And so I struggled from anxiety and panic attacks until I became a Christian and then they all just seemed to stop for a while. It was almost like God, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, God gave me this amazing feeling of respite. It was wonderful. I didn't have any anxiety. I didn't have any panic attacks. And in fact, it felt so normal that it actually took me months before I realized I didn't connect it at the time until I realized I've not suffered from any anxiety or any panic attacks for months. Anyway, six months after I became a Christian, I got baptized in water. And after that baptism, I had heard people sharing their testimonies before about how they had experienced God and had an encounter with God and had some wonderful spiritual experience. So I was hoping that when I came out of this baptism tank, I might levitate out of it or, or you know, like the ceiling would open and a light would shine down and a heavenly choir would sing, but nothing like that really happened. Nothing much happened. Nothing happened. I got wet. That was it. And so I came out, and I was actually a little bit disappointed with the aftermath of my baptism. And so that night I prayed, and I said, Lord, I was kind of like expecting more, you know. And, um, and a thought came to me. I did not hear a voice. It was just a thought. It came from my intuition, but it was so clear. The thought was so clear that I knew it was God communicating with me, and, and he said to me, today you have been baptized in water, but I want to baptize you in my spirit. Now, I'd heard a little bit about this, about being filled with the Holy Spirit and things like that, and so I decided to, I would read a few little passages and, from the book of Acts, you know, about how people were the people became believers, but the Holy Spirit had not yet fallen on them. So Peter and John came down from Jerusalem and laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And I began to get excited about this. And I, one day when I was at work on my lunch break, there was a Christian bookstore nearby. Do you remember when there used to be Christian bookstores? Do you remember when there used to be bookstores? There's not that many of them now. And um, I went to this Christian bookstore, and I found this book called The Baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I thought, oh, that's that, I'm gonna get it. And I bought the book and I took it home and I began to read it. And the book was really great. It was just really stories and, or testimonies of people who were, were Christians, but then at some point their life was impacted by the power of the, of the Holy Spirit or by the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and things like that. And it was all really great reading until I read one person's story and they said, their story was great too, but there was one sentence in it. Now, here's the thing with fear, with anxiety, with depression, with anger, with bitterness, with all of these negative emotions, if you have lived with them for a period of time, 
then what happens in your brain is you create, every time that you go over and over that same experience, you strengthen the neural pathway that leans in that direction. So that in the future, when you're faced with a situation, you're, the thoughts in your mind that would lead towards confidence are not strong, but the thoughts that lead towards anxiety are strong, and you will naturally uh, go down that way. It's almost like your brain has trained itself to focus on the thing that you don't want instead of the thing that you do. So I'm, I'm reading this whole book of great stories but there's one sentence in the book that my brain decides to focus on. And this person's story, they said, they were a Christian and they, they felt that they didn't really feel God's presence and they didn't really feel like they had power when they prayed and they'd heard stories about people who had come into a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit and how it transformed their Christian life. And this woman was saying, so she began to, think about that and talk to people about it. And she said, somebody said to her, this is just one sentence, somebody said to her, oh, you've got to watch all that, like speaking in tongues stuff and things, you could give yourself a nervous breakdown. And uh, somebody that had never done it, either had a nervous breakdown or spoken in tongues, but they seemed to be an expert on both. So they said this to this person, and um, so she said she shrugged that off and she went for prayer anyway and how wonderful it was. Well, my brain focused on that one sentence. Be careful with all this Holy Spirit stuff. You might give yourself a nervous breakdown. Well, my anxiety all came back because I had made an arrangement on Sunday night after the evening service for my pastor to pray for me and lay hands on me to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And now I was getting nervous about it. All of a sudden, it was like I had reopened, picked the scat picked off a scab and reopened the wound that was healing, the wound of anxiety and panic attacks. And I thought, oh my goodness, what, what if I give myself a nervous breakdown? What if, what, what if I can't handle this? What, what if my pastor prays for me and lays hands on me and I become so possessed by the Holy Spirit that I lose complete control and I end up in a straitjacket or something? What am I going to do about this? So I got myself more and more of a state over this until... The Sunday night came after the service. I was talking to my pastor. I shared all of this with him, and he said, you don't get possessed by the Holy Spirit. God doesn't, like, move you about like a puppet against your will. This is not, I, this is not like hypnosis, you know? God is going to bless you. In fact, he said, the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, not out of control, so I said, okay, so he prayed for me. I sat in a chair and he prayed for me and he laid his hands on my head and then he prayed in tongues. And when that happened, all of a sudden, I felt a sense of peace just wash over me like a wave. Oh, the sense of peace. And then I had this experience. I don't know if you would call it a vision or not. Um, it, it was more like, God brought back to my remembrance something. In those days, I used the Good News Bible. I still like the Good News Bible. If you've ever read the Good News Bible, you'll know that it's, every page has got a little stick man drawing in it. And this image, you want to put it up, the next image? All of a sudden, I saw this image. And I knew it came in my mind's eye. And I knew it came from the Good News Bible. 
And I knew that it was a story of Jesus calming the storm. And the two boats are the boat during the storm, and then Jesus standing up in the boat and saying, peace, be still, and the storm stopping. And as soon as I saw this picture, the storm of anxiety and panic inside of me went still. And I've never had it ever since, ever again. I was 18 and I'm 51 now. That's a long time to be free from something that really was emotionally crippling me and holding me back. All it took was one touch from God and peace came into my life. And the emotional storms that I used to struggle with just went. And that, and I didn't, nothing else, nothing very dramatic happened. I didn't get possessed by the Holy Spirit. I didn't move about against my will. I didn't even speak in tongues. I just felt great. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control, the Bible says. And I just felt all of that, and it was great. And so I want to just share with you the story that this picture comes from the story of Jesus calming the storm. And I want to tell you that whatever storms you're going through in your life, you may feel that the storms are circumstances that you're facing and that it's all on the outside of you. But I just want to suggest to you that the biggest storm you need God to calm today is the storm in here and the storm in here. When that storm is calmed, Everything else in your life falls into place. You, you, when, listen, the storms can rage around you, but when you're standing on the rock, you know you're safe. I don't know if you've ever experienced an anxiety attack or a panic attack, but if you have, if you haven't, let me say this to you. Although you know that it's happening inside of you, it feels like it's happening outside of you. It feels like powers, forces, demons, whatever you want, on the outside of you are crowding around you and overwhelming you. And your tendency is, in order to calm down, I need to stop all of these things. I need to stop that noise that's happening over there where the workmen are going, you know, a block away. I need to stop the dog from barking. I need to stop this. I need to do that. And we think we have, but the real battle is in here and in here. And when God calms the storms inside, you can have peace even though a nuclear war is going on around you. Because when you know that he's with you, and when you know that he works all things together for good, and that nothing can separate you from the love of God, fear is replaced with confidence. Panic is replaced with peace. So here's the story. Let's go to it. It's in Mark's gospel. And it says this. It says, that day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Lake of, the Lake of Galilee. Sometimes it's called the Sea of Galilee. It's got a few different names, the Sea of Tiberias. It's not really a sea, it's fresh water, it's a lake, but it's, big, it's a big enough lake that it has, it has its own like, weather system that goes on there too. 
And Jesus is saying, let, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Let, we're going to get in this boat and we're going to go over the other side. Jesus isn't saying, I'm worried about it and I'm suffering from a bit of anxiety. Do you think we'll make it? I mean, it's quite, he doesn't say that. Jesus is pretty confident about it. We are going to leave here and we are going to go there and we're going to arrive on the other side. Okay? So, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was. I don't, I don't even know what that means. Just as he was. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they, did the rest of them get changed into life jackets? I don't know. But anyway, he didn't. He came just as he was in the boat. Um, they went across. Oh, 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 no, sorry. There were other boats with, also with him. Now, here's the picture. They get into a boat, and there's a bunch of other little boats there, and they're saying, Jesus is going to cross. Come on, we'll float across with him. Do you know that there is nothing more attractive than confidence? Do you know that, that, that when people are confident, have an air of confidence about them, they just attract other people to them? Jesus was not a fearful, anxious person. He was a man of complete calm and peace and confidence. And faith, when we have faith in God, your confidence level arises. Jesus, here's this confident man that just seems to know how the world works. He's going over there. Let's all get in our little boats and, and follow along with him. A furious squall came up so that the waves broke over the boat and it was nearly swamped. The word for squall, some Bibles say storm, but the, the Greek word that's used is seismos, which is where we get the word seismic, you know, like an earthquake, seismic activity. What it's saying is the storm was so bad, the, the boat was shaking. Now, in the Lake of Galilee, it is common for little storms to come up and then die down, come up and then die down. It's because of winds kind of similar to Chinooks that come from Mount Hermon and they come down over the lake and they stir up the water. But that couldn't be what was happening here because the disciples in the boat were fishermen. They worked on the Lake of Galilee and had done so every day for years. They knew little storms come and little storms go. And all of us know in life that as we're going through life, little storms will arise and little storms will go. The, maybe the little storm arising is that idiot that in the car in front of you with the road rage thing and he's, you know, and you think, oh, just let the guy turn the car. It will be gone soon. The storm will pass. Maybe it is your toddler throwing a tantrum in Superstore in aisle 14. The, be the best way to handle that is actually for you to go to aisle 15. <laughs> it's amazing how quick the toddler's tantrum stops when there's... Have you ever noticed that with kids? They fall and they graze their knee. And then they look around to see if... Uh, nobody's looking, so I, don't, I won't bother crying. And, and off they go. But if they see something... <laughs> right? So little storms come and little storms go and you know that they will pass. But you also know the emotional feeling when a storm comes into your life and you think this one is a bad one. 
And that's what the disciples are saying here. Look, the waves were breaking over the boat. It was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Just wait there a minute here. Just hold on. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Can you imagine? You all right, boys? We're going to the other side of the river. Let me know when we get there. And the whole boat is shaking. The whole thing is shaking and water is coming in and Jesus is reclining. (laughs) Do you know it's possible when a terrible storm is going on in the outside of you, it's possible for there to be no storm going on in the inside of you, for you to be at complete rest and peace. That's called trust or another word for trust is faith. Jesus said, we're going to the other side and I've got no doubts that we're going to do it, so I'm going to have a lie down. He was on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, have you ever done that with prayer? It's like you're trying to wake God up. Lord, come on, Lord. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and the waves. Be quiet. Calm down, he said. Then the wind and the way, then the wind died down and was completely calm. And he said to it, now look at the question. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were filled with joy and confidence. Does it say that? They were what? Terrified. Do you see that the predominant emotion manifesting in the disciples and the predominant emotion manifesting in Jesus are very, very different? They instantly go down the pathway of fear all the way to terror, to being terrified. Whereas Jesus is completely calm about the whole situation. He knows it's going to work out. They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So these little storms would come down, but this one was a bad one. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling, that feeling at the pit of your stomach of impending doom where you just, you know that something bad is about to go down. But earlier on during the worship, somebody read us a scripture that says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. The past, the future, angels, demons, depth, height, Nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God. And that passage also says, God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Think of these two, think of these two questions that Jesus asked the disciples. And I'm asking you these questions. Why are you so afraid? Maybe you struggle with anxiety, with fear, paranoid thoughts or insecurity or some lack of confidence. 
in your life. I want to ask you the first question, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? You know, I don't know if any of you are watching it, but I started watching that thing on Netflix, Lost in Space. Has anybody watched Lost in Space? Okay. I'm not getting claps from backstage here. As long as they're not watching it while the service is on, I don't mind. Um, do you know, that little boy is not, never afraid. Well, I'm only at episode three, maybe he gets afraid. But he's never afraid because he's got that big dude with him, the big robot guy. No one's going to mess with a little boy when the robot's there. He's not afraid that the big lizards and dinosaurs or whatever those things are that are on the planet, the robot is there. Do you know when you have a guardian angel, when you have a space robot, when you have a bodyguard, when you have someone who can handle anything and take care of any situation, walking by your side, who loves you with an unconditional love and wants to look after you, why are you so afraid? God is on your side, for goodness sake. Why are you afraid? Well, I'm afraid of this job interview. Why? Because I might not get the job. Good. It might have been the wrong job for you. Why are you afraid? God is with you. I'm going to propose to my fiance tonight and I'm really afraid. Why are you afraid? You should be excited. Well, she might say no. Well, she's the wrong person for you. God's got someone else out there. It's better finding out tonight than in three years' time, isn't it? Just listen, there's nothing to be afraid of. Good times will come, bad times will come, but God will be with you throughout them all and he will take you safely over to the other side. So why are you afraid? And Jesus' next question is, do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? Do you know that the job of preachers and teachers and Christian leaders are to help you come to a place where the storms of life will not affect you at all? That's what Ephesians chapter 4 says. Let's have a look at it. Ephesians 4 says this. It says, Christ appointed some, this is after his death and resurrection, to be apostles, others to be prophets, others to be evangelists, and others to be pastors and teachers. He did this, so why do we have these people? He did this to prepare all God's people for the work of Christian service in order to build up the body of Christ. Now look at this next bit. And so we shall all come together in that oneness in our faith and in our knowledge of the Son of God, we shall become mature people. There's something emotionally immature when we panic about things that we know other people have gone through and yet they've survived. They've come out okay, but we panic about it. Maturity, growing in Christ in every way. Then we'll no longer be infants. And what does that mean? We will no longer be tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there 
by every wind of teaching. Can I just say to you, if, you're, if you watch YouTube videos or listen to podcasts or follow preachers or teachers online, make sure you're listening to people who are inspiring faith and calming fears. Any teaching which puts fear into you is not from God. God's people are not supposed to be afraid. Whenever the resurrected Jesus showed up or whenever an angel shows up in the Bible, what's the first thing they say to people? Fear not, do not be afraid. Any teaching that puts fear into you, I would stop listening to that right now. It says here, we won't be blown about by all the teachings, all the winds and waves, and by the craftiness of deceitful people. Instead, by speaking the truth in a spirit of love, we will grow up in every way. God is not a God of fear. He's a God of love. And if you're struggling with fear in life, maybe, maybe it's not you shouldn't concentrate, I need stronger faith in that area. Maybe you need a revelation of how much God loves you and how much he supports you and how much he's on your side and how much you've got nothing to be afraid of. Here's where it says in 1 John about all of that. 1 John, it says, as we live in God, our, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. Everybody say, I will not be afraid in the day of judgment. Oh, yeah, but I'm really worried about it because I messed up a few times. And what happens when I die and I go through that tunnel of light and God's mad at me? I mean, people get themselves all worked up. We will not be afraid, but we can face him with, what's the next word? Shout it out. Because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. You know, when you exhale, you are expelling carbon dioxide. And you can, exp you can breathe in God's love and expel all fear. It expels it. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. See, when you realize how much God loves you, that his love is unconditional and it is perfect and it is eternal and it is everlasting, you will stop being afraid. You won't fear death. You won't fear the day of judgment. You won't be afraid of God. You won't be afraid of what can happen in your life. You'll, you'll begin to quote things from the Bible like, the Lord is with me. Why should I be afraid? The Lord is on my side. Who can stand against me? All of a sudden, your confidence begins to grow and your fears begin to diminish. Here's what it says in the book of James about this whole topic of wind and waves and the need for faith and so on. It says this, um, when your faith succeeds in facing trials, storms of life, the result is the ability to endure. The ability to endure. It strengthens you. Make sure that your endurance carries you all the way across the, the, the lake without failing. 
so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. How many of you would like every area of your life to be complete and your life to lack nothing? Give me a little wave if that's you. Maybe we should be paying attention here. But if any of you lack wisdom, you should pray to God who will give it to you because God gives generously and graciously to all. But when you pray, you must believe and not doubt at all. Whoever doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and blown about by the wind. If you are like that, unable to make your mind and undecided in all you do, this is, Lord, I pray about this job interview that I have tomorrow. I pray, Lord, that all would go well and that you would give me the right words in my mouth and give me peace in my mind. Amen. Then somebody says to you, so you've got the job interview. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm really nervous about it. What should I wear? Does my bum look big in this? I mean, I don't, maybe I should, should I get a haircut before I go? Well, which person are you? The confident man of prayer and faith or the emotional basket case? Which one are you? But you see, God wants to answer our prayers and he answers them generously and graciously, but if we are double-minded, always jumping between one point of view of another, we are unable to receive. It says here that we are unable to receive anything from the Lord. So what do we do about that? All of us often make mistakes. And if a person never makes mistakes in what he says, he is perfect and able to control his own being. It's saying here, if you can control your words, you can control your whole life. We put a bit in the mouth of a horse to make it obey us, and we are able to make it go wherever we want. Or think of a ship going across a lake, okay? Let us go over to the other side. It, big as it is and driven by such strong winds, it can be steered by a very small rudder and it goes wherever the pilot wants it to go. So it is with the tongue. Small as it is, the words it speaks can accomplish great things. your mouth, your tongue is like the rudder of your life. And Jesus used his rudder and said, let us go over to the other side. And then he was able to say, I'll just lie down until that's done. Once we get there, I've got a couple of demoniacs to, why do they take a picture of me every time I lie down? (laughs) So, (laughs) that will be on Instagram today. They've got one of me on there riding a tiny miniature rocking horse. Have you seen that one? It's about this height. Anyway, I've now lost track of my thoughts. So, oh yes, the tongue. He said it. He knew where he was going. He was able to be at peace. Do you know that we express our faith or our fear by our words? We express them by our words. We express out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. You know the word abracadabra? You know what magicians say? Abracadabra, and then they pull a rabbit out the hat. Do you know the origin of that word is avra, 
Atadabra, from ancient Aramaic and Hebrew, which means, as I speak, I create. That was a big rabbit, that one. I don't... We'll have that for a potluck after the service. What were the disciples creating with their words? There's a storm and they're saying, oh my goodness, do you not care? We're going to drown, we're going to drown, we're going to drown. Yeah! <laughs> and what did Jesus create with his words? Be quiet, calm down. Last verse, it's in Corinthians, first or second Corinthians, it says this. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. I want to pray today that God would calm whatever storms are going on in your life. I don't mean that God will fix all your problems for you, because you will never mature or grow up. You'd be an infant all your life if your parents tied your shoelaces for you for the rest of your life. And we do need to mature, but it's the storms in here and the storms in here that we want God to calm. In fact, you know, we, we read that story and you know, we presume that Jesus was just speaking to the wind and the waves, but I wonder if he was speaking to the disciples as well when he said, be calm, quiet down. Was it them he was speaking to? Maybe God needs to speak into our lives today to bring his peace and his calm. And when we are at peace on the inside, you will find yourself much more able to cope with the problems on the outside because of the new confidence that comes when God's love comes in, gets rid of all fear, and you're living a life of faith. Let's stand together. Do you know, just as we're standing, the worship team are coming back up, I just want to share a very quick story. Uh, one of our staff members, Michael Lawson, who leads our hospitality ministry, she's also involved in our prayer ministry. And she had a vision a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, while she was backstage during the service, there are people back there praying for the service, praying for us. And she was praying, and while she was praying, she had a vision. In this vision, she was like lost at sea, struggling to stay afloat. Huge waves were coming over. She was overwhelmed by these waves. She felt like she was gonna drown and there was nobody around to help her. Eventually, a wave washed her onto the shore and when she got up onto the shore, I've not seen the TV show, but it reminds me of the trailer for that TV show where they all get washed up on a shore. I can't remember what it's, The Crossing or something like that. And um, she gets on the shore and she stands up and looks and realizes there are hundreds of people splashing about out there, feeling overwhelmed. And every one of them thought they were alone. But none of them were, and they were all going to make it safely to the shore. And she knew as she had this vision that this was to do with emotional issues that people were facing in life, that there are many, many people in this church that you feel overwhelmed and drowning emotionally 
struggling with circumstances that you're facing and you feel all alone but you're not all alone there's actually people all over this place that are going through those things but I want you to know that God is going to bring you safely to the other side God is going to bring you safely to the shore God is going to lead you and guide you through that battle you're fighting right now he is saying I'm going to get you there I'm lying on a cushion you may as well lie on a cushion with me Let's close our eyes, lift up our hands. I just want to pray for you all right now. Father, I pray for each one of us. I pray that your presence would be here, moving with amongst us, moving deep within us. I pray, Lord, that your love would just pour into our hearts and lives afresh today. Your perfect love that casts out all fear. I pray, Lord, that every person in this room would have such a revelation of your love, your goodness, and your favor that they would feel their lives becoming grounded, becoming solid, becoming strong, becoming mature. I pray for all anxiety, all panic, all fear, all emotional and mental issues that people are dealing with. And in the name of Jesus, I speak now. I speak to the storms in people's minds, in their hearts, in their emotions. And I say in the name of Jesus, peace. Be still. Be quiet. Settle down. Be calm. Be free. Be liberated. Be confident. Be strong. Be bold for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In the mighty name of Jesus. sing these words and let's make it our prayer let's make it our prayer as you're singing these words be breathing in God's love and breathing out all fear and anxiety because his love expels casts out evicts all fear from our life let's sing it together